I, I will save that until I forget about it. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I was. What, what's happening? I was what? gonna say something, but then I was like, "No, we should do the podcast." <laughs> I was just sitting here waiting with bated breath. Okay. Welcome to Overthinking Episode 3, where we take fun, interesting ideas, overanalyze them, and run them to their logical conclusions. All in the name of exploration, education, and most importantly, entertainment. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And we don't claim to be experts on any of the topics we discuss here today. We simply find these ideas interesting as we hash them out in real time. Get ready to join us on this exciting, fun, and crazy ride to nowhere. This week, we are on the set of the original filming of King Kong. That was 1933. So as cool as as the set might be, you guys need to know, this is like the worst year of the Great Depression. Like, this is not at all exciting. (laughs) That's a a depressed King Kong. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna move past that. Uh, what what are we talking about today, Luke? Uh, we're talking about logical fallacies. So we're taking a little bit of a break from our normal, and when I say normal, it's the last two episodes, the only two episodes we recorded. But we're taking a little bit of a break um, from that format, and we're just kind of kind of have a discussion all about logic and then logical fallacies um, to kind of explain how you can think wrong and come to wrong conclusions. Right, this is kind of something that we talked about in both of our last episodes, and I think we just need to do it, get it done, yeah? Yep, get it done, right, you know, right away. Get it, just get yep. it over with. Yeah. <laughs> but first... Oh. It's your line, David. Is it my line? Are yeah. you here? Yeah, it's your line. Let me first. look at this outline. Hold on. It says, but first. <laughs> That's you. We switch. Look, each line, we're... T- we're, we're look... Each, this is how the outline works. Each different line. Do you see the outline I see? You changed it. I um, have the editing power too. Okay. Just ask me. What are you drinking today, Luke? I am drinking the best wine I've ever had. Um, it is a Bistro Chic. It's a red blend of Merlot, Cabernet, and Syrah. It is... Yeah, there it is in the video. You'll be able to see it. It's absolutely delicious. Nice, dry. Has it's a real it's a really nice taste. Pairs really well with a nice seared pork, which is what I had it with last night. Um, absolutely delicious. And Devin, you're the sober one of of today's episode. <laughs> we we realized accidentally we've been trading off having drinks during the episode. Um, so we'll see if that continues. We have not planned this. <laughs> I'm actually, this is by far the most sophisticated drink I've had on the podcast. What is it? It is an oh, off-brand Coke. version of Coca-Cola. I mean, technically, when it comes to <laughs> ingredients, uh, technically, I guess it's sophisticated in that regard. But, I mean, this is a beautiful, and the label on this, oh, absolutely beautiful. Okay, hold on. How many, how many ingredients do you have? It's one. It's grapes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I realize as I said that I have no idea what's actually like what ingredients are in wine. I assume it's just grapes, right? They uh, they add it stuff. Say. It's not just grapes. It doesn't say. Scary. <laughs> this yeah. actually only has six ingredients, which shocked me. Which is why I was curious what's in your wine. Yeah. No. Uh, huh. It doesn't yeah. say. Anyway. But yeah, is- I guess uh, I'm the designated driver today. So. You are. You're designated yeah. to drive us through. Logic. Yeah, look at that transition. Anyway, Devin, you are you are more book educated than I am on this. Um what is logic? 
Oh wait, no. First, we need. <laughs> I'm messing this up so much. Or, um, yeah, I'm definitely editing this out. Um, nah, keep it. It's authentic. Yeah, it's me messing up. I'm editing it out. Um, <laughs> you keep in all but, my mistakes. <laughs> of course, that's how it works. I have editing power for a reason. Um, but first. We need to go into the dark room, open that chest, and go to Secrets Uncovered. Which really just means stuff we thought about this week that were interesting to us. Devin, you have something, don't you? I do have something. I have several somethings. But um, actually, this one's kind of got a fun story behind it. Um, okay. Because I was driving, and I was listening to... My favorite podcast right now is um, Startups for the Rest of Us. Oh, yeah. And it's an irrelevant podcast in my life, but I, I enjoy <laughs> I, I, I enjoy the host. Yeah. Um, and I he seems like out of so many people that I listen to, the person that I would be probably most eager to just like sit down with nice. and talk to. Um, but I'm listening to this, and this podcast ends. And the next one that comes on is the next one that's in my little set is... Um, Psych 101 with Luke Maxwell. Hey, wow. <laughs> that is an old, old podcast. What is that, three years old right now? Yeah. Um, and so I'm listening to you on Psych 101, and I don't know what it was talking about, but when it started playing, it kind of made me laugh because I didn't even realize that I was like, that I had me. that. Yeah. So, well, no, I knew it was you because I was oh, you. Yeah, I was, I was, but I didn't realize that I had your podcast on my podcast player. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, cool, I can listen to this. And I started listening to it, and then while I'm listening to it, this thing hits me, this idea. And so you can say, you can take credit for it. Okay, um, I will. And I realized, because I'm looking at the things that I'm doing in my life right now, mm-hmm. and I've talked to you in the past, Luke, about the things that, how, how hard it is to motivate me, basically, yep. right? Um, I realized that the things that I'm doing and that I want to be doing are literally things that when I talk about them to other people, I get choked up. And oh. so for me, on a very like personal me level, if talking about it doesn't choke me up, I probably don't care about it. That's just... an interesting... Because usually what people... What I, I mean, what everyone says and what I also say is that it's what you can't stop talking about. Mm-hmm. And literally what you're saying is the opposite because <laughs> you physically can't talk more about it. Like you're physically. That's funny. Stopped. I hadn't thought about it that way, but yeah, it's literally the opposite, but in yep. a very good way. Like you're you're so passionate about it, you're physically unable to talk more about it. Yep. That's hmm. That's uh, that's really interesting because now I'm thinking about the things that choke me up. Usually just rom coms. Um, <laughs> well, that just then the sad that, part like, is these things that choke me up are things that I want to talk about. Like <laughs> that's so funny. Wow, what was the what was the podcast episode about by chance? Do you remember? I can look it up. No. While you while you're talking about well, your secrets uncovered, I can look it up. It obviously didn't make too much of an impact on you then. I I remember <laughs> the specifics of one podcast episode that I've ever listened to. Yes, I remember. Yep, and what is it? <laughs> Come on. Um, it's uh, the truth about marketing episode forty eight with Ivan Meisner. There we go. That's what I wanted. He knows the episode <laughs> number. That is impressive. Um, and I know you know that because you tell everyone, like, you have that um, memorized. Cause, and it is. It's, a, it's one of the, it's the best podcast episode I've listened to. It's amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. You're the first person to, like, affirm that opinion. I told mine. you. No, I told you that when you first told me. 
I mean, I think there's a lot of other podcast episodes that make me laugh that, you know, entertain me more. But that's like the one that actually like really hit me, um, really made me think a lot. But so my secret uncovered is a, is a, is a little smaller. Um, I was writing this proposal slash like creative plan for this deal, this marketing deal I was working on. And it hit me on just how many details there are in one tiny thing. Like, just you can break any kind of process down to the smallest detail and then break that smallest detail down. And that's what, um, you know, a machine, that's what, um, you know, programming is. If you're trying to program a robot, a robot to do something, that's literally what you have to do. And so I was thinking about, like, how valuable of a skill that is to break things down to minute details um, in order to, you know, whether it's to plan something, whether it's to actually implement something, um, it made me realize how generalized I look at stuff and how I just look at one thing as a general thing. Like, oh, you're like starting a company. It's just one thing, right? Like, no, there's five zillion different things that go on and you just don't pay attention to them because, um, I mean, I've, how many companies have I started by now? Uh, it just, it's because like, it just become, you know, rote for me um, to do so. So that was, it. That was yeah, that's mine. It's just a, little, a little simpler, but do, uh, did you find the episode? I did. I think it was the last episode of the whole thing. Um, I don't. I don't even remember what that is. December twenty seventh, two thousand eighteen, is when you uploaded. Oh, eighteen. Oh, that recently, yeah. huh? An update. This year has been a weird journey. Oh yeah, I do remember that one, huh? And it, that, at the very least, that's the last one I have access to. Yeah. Through this. Yeah, that is. So, um, yeah. yeah, I shut that down because. I was basically covering the same thing with communicate with confidence, and but in a better way. And so I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just going to do that. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Yeah. I wanted to stick to one. But anyway, so that's been Secrets Uncovered. Uh, moving Doo-doo. on, though. Doo-doo-doo. No, I have. I've actually created stuff now. so <laughs> It'll be good. It'll, it'll be, be good. It'll, it'll be good. You cut me out, put it in, it'll be good. I will. I'll literally, yeah. I'll literally just cut you out. Um, but let's move on to our main topic, Devin. What is logic? Hold on, hold on. I'm getting, I'm getting a note. Oh, you, you have a little notepad. Yes. What? Wait, is this a bit? (laughs) 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 I wish it was a bit. (laughs) I was literally getting a note. Oh, you got a note from like a a, a person handed you a note, like you were on TV. Yes. Breaking news! Hey, breaking news coming in. I, I got a tornado warning. Literally, I, I almost got hit by a tornado yesterday. That'll be it. That'll be a bit in the future. <laughs> breaking we'll, we'll news. Rocket. Breaking news in the field of uh, uh, philosophy. It's an right oxymoron in it. It is. Um, anyway, so, uh, so different different people actually different philosophers define logic differently. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that. I see it in textbooks actually kind of bugs me because it doesn't resonate with how I identify with the word, how I use the word, but logic is defined as a study, like biology is a study, right? Um, But it's the study of the methods and principles used to distinguish correct and incorrect reasoning. Yep. I would rather take the word the study out of it because to me, I identify logic as the methods and principles used to distinguish correct from incorrect reasoning. Yeah. Like, it's oh, not the study of it. It's what do I use to analyze this reasoning and see if it's valid. Right. Yeah. Right? It's a tool. Right. Yeah, logic's a tool. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. A good recap. I like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, that's, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's mathematical and it should be, right? Is that, and we'll, I mean, when coming into logical fallacies, you know, we'll, we'll get into this a little more, is that it's not based on, you know, feelings of how, like, you feel after you do something, whether that's moral or not. Um, it's based on conclusions, evidence, that kind of stuff, which um, I think we could all use a little more in this modern day of people feeling things a little too strongly sometimes. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to refrain because I get very, well, very. If they if they feel those things very strongly with really good logic. Oh, great! Yeah, that's right? that's very good. <laughs> I mean, how often? I mean, I don't see that very often. And I'm guilty. Like, I'm so guilty. And that's the thing. Like, I'll admit, I'm so guilty of being illogical all the time, of just being emotional about something and using gut feeling. Like, I do this constantly. I probably do this way more. Like, it's like 80 Hey, Luke, how do you feel about Apple? I, I want them to be destroyed for the face of the earth and to be erased from history. I want every single one of their products to never have existed. <laughs> Is that's that logical or is that emotional? Oh, no, that's logical. <laughs> that is pure logic. They're trash. <laughs> Thank you for hard, proving your point, Luke. Hard logic right there. I am the problem. <laughs> and I admit it, but I don't care. <laughs> but, um, but one of my favorite things, though... Um, so actually about logic is, I mean, and you put this in here, which I'm surprised because um, I probably would have wanted to mention it anyway. Um, one of the first things I learned about with philosophy and with logic um, is Occam's razor. And I remember when I first heard about that, I thought it was literally a brand of razors. Um, <laughs> I was, I, yeah, I was like, I was young, you know, so I can use that as my excuse. And then it took me forever to actually remember that, no, this is actually a, like, a, this is an idea of course, that the simplest idea, or I guess you have, I mean, you have a, you have something different written down here. I actually want you to explain a little bit. So the, uh, the first thing I have there on the notes is actually the initial definition of Arkham's razor. It's how, it's how he wrote it. Oh, um, that's, okay. That's interesting. The second one is how I use it most frequently. Um, but I, okay. because it's not on the notes, before I change your opinion, what is your definition? How do you think of the simplest solution is usually the 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 simplest solution is usually the true. The, wait, what, right. what is it? Simplest I mean, that's is how usually it, most accurate. And yeah, exactly. The simplest yeah. solution is usually yeah. Well, no, there's, I, there's a way of saying it, and I forgot what the second half is, but that's the way I learned it. The way I heard it, always heard it. Yeah, and that's generally the way I hear people talk about it too. Mm -hmm. um, Occam wrote, "Entities should not be multiplied without necessity." Yeah. Um, which is effectively saying, if I don't need more, don't give me more. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, so the way that I've used that really when studying logic and getting into it and learning about like necessary versus sufficient conditions, mm -hmm. right? Um, one thing that's continuously true is when you have necessary and sufficient conditions, something happens. Okay. It won't happen before you have necessary sufficient but once you have necessary and sufficient conditions, it will happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the way that I use Occam's Razor most often is because of that, there won't be more than necessary and sufficient conditions. Okay, yeah. Right. Um, and all, all of this is just different ways of saying the same idea. 
Yeah. And the idea is, generally speaking, um, if there's a simpler solution, we should use that one. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, unless there's a very good reason to not. Um, right. Because more, the more complexity. And I mean, I see this like in the work environment, business environment all the time with, with plans and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's why, like, that's the funny thing is that, like, that's why, like, that the realization of, like, of, like, details hit me so hard is because I never think about it things that way. I think about things more in the grand idea and then the basic steps to get there and then work out the details on the way or I'll give that to somebody else and they'll work out the details. Um, so, yeah, I always see, like, when, they, when people try to uh, have complex, you know, marketing strategies or, like, things like that, I'm just like, why? Why don't you call them? Call who? <laughs> Right. Well, well instead of this complex marketing strategy, why why don't you just call the person? Oh, <laughs> like their like their numbers on their website. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's that's funny. Um, yeah, but um, but yeah, because I mean, the more complex something is, the more likely there is something to go wrong as well. Um, right. Like with the with um, which which shuttle explosion, there was some there was some it might, it might have been something recent. I forget. Um, maybe with SpaceX, but um, the reason that it it failed is because they put one device in upside down. That's it. That's the entire reason. And, you know, something as complex as something like a space shuttle or a rocket, you know, it's something that small that causes the entire thing to be a disaster. That's why I'm personally a fan of Occam's Razor, obviously with complex things. Like, you can't just get a slingshot and go up to space, right? So it it needs to be complex. Um, But it should never be more complex than it has to be. Exactly. And I think that's... I think that's the thing that, at least when I, when people I was like, maybe not necessarily in, in um, invoked Occam's Razor, um, but like have used that idea, um, especially with some people like who are a little loud, too loud on the internet. Um, it's like no, that needs to be complex. Like you're you're arguing for something to be simpler, where like if it was simpler, it wouldn't work. Um, in regards to a lot of different things. I think you're almost leaning in on like um, a straw man fallacy occurring. Ah. You're saying, no, you oversimplified that. Yeah. <laughs> right? We're not there yet, Devin. No, we're not. That's farther down <laughs> in the outline. He's <laughs> getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Ar- Occam's Razor is a tool of logic, right? Yeah. And it's the only example that I have on the list. Yeah. Um, it's a nice place to start, though. It really is. Yeah. It's just a really nice, easy thing to grasp, to understand, um, and to apply. Um, as long as you apply it with uh, with caution, right? The way it's supposed to be applied, not to every single thing, like a, you know. Well, it's um, Occam's razor means it should not be more complex than it has to be. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It does not mean it should be less complex than it needs to be. Yeah. Well, I'm saying right? like the simplest. What I'm saying. Well, I mean like. But I mean I um I think the like the pop science um understanding because that's how i I learned it i I think it was like through a movie or something i heard about it um is that it's the simplest solution right and i think that is not and i'm gonna try to remember that that's not the definition because i do like the it's a better definition to say it shouldn't be too it should be more complex than it has to be rather than it should be simple um because that's that like most things should not be simple it should be as simple as it can be, but not yeah. simpler. Exactly. Yep. Is it? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So anyway, so we've said this. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I got a little bit of a circle there. But when it comes to um, reasoning and arguments. What? Proceed, sorry. Oh, okay. It just surprised me there. Um, when it comes to reasoning and arguments, right, there's, well, I mean, there's two ways. The third way, if we want to mention it, I'm a fan of mentioning it, simply because also I like the name. 
Um, we can rock it. Yeah, we can rock it. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. That's <laughs> um, the first is deductive. Tell me a little bit about that. So, as a as a mathematician, uh, got my degree in mathematics. Right. Everything that I ever did was deductive reasoning. Yep. Um, deductive reasoning is the strongest form of logic. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's basically the only way we can actually know things. Right. Um, and deductive reasoning is where we have a conclusion, and our conclusion is drawn on by different premises, different building blocks of the argument, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's built in such a way that if the premises are true, the conclusion has to be true logically. Right. Yep. So, yep. Uh, like, the example that I always hear is um, premise one, all men are mortal. Mm-hmm. Premise two, Plato is a man. Conclusion, Plato is mortal. Yeah. It follows logically from the premises. Well, now, do we know that's Plato a, is a man? Well, the, that's the logical statement, and the logical statement is true. Right. If the premises are true. Exactly, yeah. So that's, uh, let's say Plato isn't actually human. Let's say there was actually no human named Plato and it was actually a cohort of people. Then or an alien my logic, or... right, my logic is still valid. Right. But my conclusion is no longer true. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so they're the strongest form of logic and it relies on the validity of the premises. Right. premises. Which, is, which is interesting because, like... There's not a lot that I mean, especially because we. I mean, I brought this up in the first episode, right? Is about reality, mm-hmm. and I find it interesting is that I feel like there's a little bit of there's always a little bit of leeway in what we say we know, um, because we can't really know anything for certain, right? Right. So, um, yeah, which is which is interesting. So I think based on yeah, based on what we know to be true. And of course, I mean, we have, we're going to talk about truth in a second. Um, right. And I actually cut out knowledge because knowledge is such a hard topic. It, yeah. It, yeah. That's, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't, and I don't know if, I, I mean, I know I'm definitely not equipped to talk about it, but I'm sure you probably are. Um, I, yeah. A little more, I mean, more than me <laughs> from my perspective. Um, but okay. So that's like, that's, that's math. Two plus two equals four. Boom. Yeah. You can't argue. Uh, and I hate it when people try to argue with, like, a logical conclusion because um, I'm just like no it's this and this like like I can't like I'm not making this up like I'm not I'm not creating this this just is um, and it's especially I mean usually it's in politics where people try to argue something like no like this is just like the number this is just the number I'm not I'm not saying anything about the number I'm just saying it is um, this is the best of our ability how we understand that this is this so- number I've I've had arguments where I literally used a deductive claim, mm-hmm. um, and had people through our through the conversation accept my premises as we went and then reject my conclusion. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. And so then I, I I use narration and I go back and I'm like, all right, so this is what I said, right. and this was the conclusion. Yeah. If you reject my conclusion, which of these things is wrong? Right. <laughs> and with deductive arguments, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Assuming that your logic was valid from the start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And yeah, it's, it, and that's what, I mean, that's where the appeal to emotion comes in. But anyway, um, but inductive is actually interesting to me because I feel like personally I use inductive reasoning more. Um, okay. Uh, maybe. I don't know. So th- take us through inductive reasoning. 
Well, no, you said that you use it more. I want to hear what you think Inductive Reasoning is. <laughs> you caught me. Um, <clears throat> I would say, um, I, I would say it's best described in reasonable conclusions, given like what I think is, you know, like okay, I see this, see this, this is probably it. Let's just go with it. Like that's kind of my personality. And then if it's wrong, we'll figure it out afterwards. You know, um, that's like how I usually do things, unless of course like. If it's if it's high stakes, obviously, if there's like if there's actual real data that I can use, then of course I'm going to use it. But in a lot of things I do, especially in marketing, which I've been in for so long, and in public speaking, um, it's all around seeing something and then just and then saying that's probably it. I don't really have time to decide if that is the truth of the matter. Let's go with it. And if I'm wrong later, boom, I'm wrong. Um, but I'm going to trust that I can put things together quickly and accurately enough on the go. Uh, that feels much more like abductive reasoning. Really? Yeah. Then obviously I don't understand the difference. Reasoning. I don't understand. We were talking before about <laughs> it and I just, okay, I don't, I thought I understood the difference and I guess I don't. Well, you, you said, you said a few key things that built that together to being abductive. And one of the things that you said is, uh, I don't have data. Oh, the incomplete <laughs> observations. Yes. So inductive reasoning is often related to statistics. Like the study of statistics is inductive reasoning. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's kind of where you're, you're defending an argument based on the most reasonable conclusion based on the evidence that you have. Right. And so examples of inductive reasoning are if I have a jar filled with coins. Right. I pull out a coin and it's a penny. I pull out another coin and it's a penny. I pull out another coin and it's a penny. So I conclude that all the coins in the jar are pennies. Mm-hmm. I'm relying on the data that I have to make predictions about something. Got it. That's, that's induction. Um, so it's hard data, but not a hard conclusion. Exactly. So it's with deductive reasoning, if all of my premises are true, my conclusion is true. Got it. My conclusion is absolutely 100% true. With inductive reasoning, if my premises are all true, my conclusion can still be wrong. Got it. Got it. But I know my premises are true because mm-hmm. they're data-driven. Got it. Right? Yep. And uh, abductive is not data-driven. No. Abductive is not data-driven. So yep. the example for abductive reasoning, because it's using incomplete observations right. to draw a likely conclusion, uh, the example that I've always heard is uh, you walk into your office and you see papers all over your floor. You look around, and you see the windows open, and so you conclude wind must have blown the paper all over, right? And that's probably you. That's the most likely conclusion. What also could have happened is a squirrel could have climbed in through the window, moved all this stuff, and then climbed out, right? Yeah. Uh, What also could have happened is, like, one of your friends was mad at you, so they walked into your office, threw your papers, and left. Right. So your conclusion is realistic, but not necessarily true and not reproducible, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. And that, Not reproducible. I think that's the, also that's the important thing, is that you can't reproduce something with incomplete data. Like you don't, if right. you don't know what 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 was the cause, you could never replicate it. So it'll always be a mystery. Um, I think I, I say, that makes way more sense to me. The funny thing is when you watch things like um, if you ever like read Sherlock Holmes, yeah, and you see all the things about the art of deduction. Ninety nine percent of what he does is abduction. Yeah. Yeah. Like. <laughs> 
And he does like 1% of deduction, and those are cool moments for me. But most of it's abduction. Yeah. It's, he also knows I everything don't know. about everything. So uh, that helps a lot when you have a lot of that's knowledge. That's a cool superpower. It is. It is cool. I, that's what like my favorite thing about the show. Uh, what, I'll, what I'll watch is he'll be like so smart. He'll be like, yeah, and this causes this, and this does this. Like, And this rare spice out in Africa changes this. I'm like, how do you know this? <laughs> Uh, I think that's honestly, I think that's a superpower. He just knows everything. Um, he's no different than anybody else. He just knows. There things. are things he doesn't know. He doesn't know how our solar system works. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I was honestly so anyone who's ever read, I don't think it's not. I don't think it's in any, in any movies or or show or the show, as far as I know. But no, it's it's in BBC Sherlock. It is, and it's in the very first book of Sherlock Holmes. It's in the very first book. So I remember. When I read that, and I was young too, that was such a revolutionary idea of like pushing out information to make room for more. And I was like, I wonder if I could do that too. Like, I wonder if I can forget things and then like put and then make room for more information. Unfortunately, I just forgot things and no new information uh, stuck. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not in my life um, now. I just forget things. So um, the the overarching trend for everyone who hasn't read Sherlock Holmes uh, is that. In the story, oh right, yeah, sorry. Yeah. John Watson discovers that Sherlock Holmes doesn't know that the Earth revolves around the sun. Yeah, and he's mystified because Sherlock is this brilliant man who seems to know everything. Yeah. He's like, "How can you not know this?" To which Sherlock's like, "Why would I want to know that? Uh, how does that affect my life? If the world revolves around the sun, or if the sun revolves around the world, or if the moon revolves around the sun, like yeah. none of it makes any difference to my day to day life, and yeah. none of it's gonna save my life." Yeah. Yeah, and it's true for most of us. Like for most people, that fact does not matter. Right, it literally does not. So, which is hilarious because it's such a like a foundation of like of like knowledge of like you have to know this. Like, there's so many things like you have to know this, otherwise you're an ignorant being. Where it, like, I was like, why do I have to? It does not impact my life at all. Right. Unless I want to do something with space or physics or astronomy. Right. The the, the hot debate now about like flat earthers. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. We can argue to a blue in the face about how ridiculous this debate is. Right. Um, but it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, it doesn't affect any of our lives. Yeah. And at least no more than we let it. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's become a meme, like, honestly. Um, but I think all flat earthers are trolls. If we have any flat earthers listening, I don't believe you're a flat earther. I believe you're a troll. No, I think people believe it. They're <laughs> just, they just have mental problems. Um, so, but. When it comes, so moving though, so like the whole point of all of this is to find truth. Yeah. And we had a brief discussion about truth. Different strategies on finding truth. Yes, different strategies about finding truth. And that's the interesting thing though, is that how, I know how I define truth. I don't think you shared though, how you define truth. No, I definitely didn't. No, you didn't. (laughs) I literally, I literally text Luke while I was preparing for this and said, hey, how do you define truth? And he sent me a response. Yeah. To which I asked him a clarifier and then he kind of. Changed his answer and he worded it, made it stronger. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped talking to him. Yep. <laughs> and I ghosted him. <laughs> yep, you literally ghosted me. And I was like, well, I guess I might hear about this later. Or you might have just been trying to settle the bait or something. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'll find out eventually. I forgot about it until now. Um, yeah. So, so how, what's your definition? The, 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 the reason I asked is because when making this outline, like, Truth is a really hard sticking point, um, mm-hmm. and it's something that I have – I've had professors who have rejected the definition of truth that I'm going to present today. Okay. Um, I've And I've just argued with them and 
came to no conclusion on the matter. Yeah. And I know that it's actually, philosophically speaking, it's a hard question. Yeah. But when you're learning logic, the definition of truth is concrete. Um, like, in the fundamentals of logic, this is how we have to think about truth in order to make progress. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's why I'm going to present it this way. Okay. Um, truth is 100, 100% independence of knowledge. The truths about the universe are unaffected by what we know, what we don't know, oh, what yeah. we think. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's say, just as a hypothetical, mm-hmm. that in reality, we, our solar system is resting on the back of a turtle. <laughs> right. Nobody believes that. Well, I mean, I want to say nobody, but yeah. Most people, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure somebody does, but. And it doesn't matter that we don't believe it because that turtle is still holding our solar system. Right. Right. That's that's the level of truth. So whether or not truth is known, truth is unchangeable. Yeah, right. right. Um, I think that that's so that, my defi- that's my defi- that's the definition I gave you though. It's 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 the conformation of reality, like it's just what reality is. Right. Well, that was uh, when I first asked. Your first response was like a little super vague. iffy. Yeah, it was. And I was like, well, it was to the point where I was like. So that's basically why I asked you, do you think that truth changes based on knowledge? Right. And then you redefine and you said what I just said. Exactly. Um, Which I don't think, I don't think you could argue uh, because there's a difference between coming to a conclusion and what, what is, you know, we we come to conclusions based on knowledge and observation that doesn't like we like just because we come to a conclusion doesn't mean it is truth. Like, I don't, I don't see how people can argue with the idea that truth is just what reality is. Um, I, well, I mean, the, the first response I would have to you, if that's the way you define truth, well, truth is just what reality is. Well, my reality is dictated by my perception. Well, I'm saying the, ba- I mean, but your perception <laughs> doesn't mean, cause if you're blind, it doesn't right. mean something is gone. Well, and you've heard people with the, you've heard like the claim there is no truth. Right. right. But they're talking about like beliefs more. Like really, that's well, it, usually what people say. It doesn't say. matter what they're saying. You can always respond to them and be like, is that statement true? <laughs> yeah right because um, yeah. it's a it's a self-contradiction mm-hmm. right the statement itself is self-contradictory right um, yeah and so therefore meaningless which is nice segue oh yeah next top yeah it is law of non-contradiction <laughs> law of non-contradiction do you know what that is luke it means that things can't be both true and untrue i think that's pretty like yeah i think that's that's like base like that's like basic reason like we can say like I when, I when I looked at this, um, but do, do you have an example like where, like is there an example where like, pe- like people believe like because I can't think of like I was trying to think of something that contradicted this, or like some, so like a uh, like a good example like of, a good ex- exactly sorry that's what okay. I'm trying to say a good example of this. So I can give you several. I think to make this as impactful as possible, I'll, I'll give the setting that I use this in. Okay. Um, because. I have conversations with uh, Christians right. who adamantly believe that God can do absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that just doesn't make any logical sense. Um, God, if you accept the premise that God is all-powerful, you cannot say that God can do the logically impossible. So the examples I give are always um, God cannot make a married bachelor. Yeah. A married bachelor is a self-contradiction, right? God cannot make a square circle. By definition, that's a self-contradiction. And then when Christians don't get it, I tell them, God cannot will against his own will. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think usually, usually the response I have to that 
is that God would be able to create a, a, situ, a, a reality where a square circle can exist. If you literally just change the definitions of terms, sure. Yeah, right. And that, well, that's, I'm telling you, that's the response I have, like when, when I've, that I have personally heard um, to, to, to that exact thing, um, which I don't think it all matters in this, in this conversation. No, uh, um, no but okay. it, yeah. it doesn't logically follow. And so then, like, can God make a rock so big that even he can't lift right. it? I, no. I'm so like, tired of self-contradiction. You know Those what? are self-contradictions. So, so yeah, so the, the, the thing is, I, I, I'm so tired of that, of people saying that. It's so annoying. Um, so the, 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 the version of that that I love is that can God microwave a burrito so hot that even he can't eat it? <laughs> it just, it just, I was like, yeah, there we go. Like, cause everyone's tired. Like people use that, say that so You know much. how I used to respond to that? What? Can God make a rock so big even if he can't lift it? Yes. And then he'll lift it. See how my answer is just as crazy as your question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm so, I'm, yeah. Whenever <laughs> someone says that, I'm just like, yeah, we're, we're done. Like, I'm not like, like, you're forgonna pull out like old stuff that doesn't matter. Like, uh, but anyway. Um, so you do know, and you're very adequately aware of a self-contradiction. <laughs> yeah. Because that is one. Wait, what? And it's why it bugs us. Oh, the, the, the rock one? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm more and more, I'm just annoyed with the people who use it more more than the, the actual <laughs> argument. Like the worst people, like, I don't know, maybe it's just like, it this, I've just had that like situation, but like the, all, the only people I've ever heard make that argument are the most annoying people ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's why. Like that's it's it's not a logical like again, right? Like I said, it's 80-20. I'm mostly just operating abductively on emotion. Um right. Right. <laughs> but we're here to, to really talk about fallacies, right? We're here we're yeah. here we're here we're here we're here to talk about yeah, bad what's a ways to think. A fallacy is a bad way to think. Um it's a flaw I mean <laughs> it's a flaw in logic. Um, yep. it's a bad, it's a, it's using, I mean, I think it's different ways of thinking that you're, you're moving logically, but you're not. I, yep. that was a clunky way. Yeah. You, you, no, the, you say the, the right way that way. you started it with the, a flaw in logic, that is the way I define I, I re- fallacies I read to it most off of, people. I, yeah. I read it off of your outline. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it so was really you saying that on that list though, that is a list of one, two, three. Four definitions out of textbooks. Five. And the one that you read is my personal definition. Oh, cool. Oh, <laughs> and oh, it's, so, like, sorry, yeah. So you're, you were right. It wasn't five. Um, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Four definitions out of textbooks and then one that's mine. And it's, like, the fourth one down. I put it in a random spot. Well, and I read and it. And it's the one that you read. It's the shortest one. <laughs> that's, that's not, that's not a <laughs> complaint me to be more than I am. Um, but, yeah, it's based on an unsound argument. Failure in reasoning renders the argument invalid. So basically, it's like it's a it's a bad math equation, really is what it is. Yeah, you're either putting um, in the wrong numbers or you're adding the numbers together and getting a wrong conclusion. Dividing by zero when you shouldn't. Exactly, shouldn't like, divide right. by zero. That that yeah. just you, yeah. Don't don't kids don't try that. You'll never actually. I think that. that's a really good like relation. Fallacies are to logic what dividing by zero is to math. But dividing by zero, it doesn't exist. Well, it, it's like it, it's it's not Im- possible. It's not possible. But if you assume it's possible, you start breaking math. Oh, I see. In the same way that fallacies okay. break okay, logic. Okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll take that. Ah. Um. But so some examples. So I, I love. We have a long list. We have a long list. We might not even. Do we just want to like shoot back and forth or something? Yeah, or how you like, want? Let's it? just go through it. I mean, we still have time. We we we've yeah. been 
We, we still have time. I, honestly, I was expecting the first part to take way longer. <laughs> I, I tried to get through it as fast as I could yeah, without, no. like... It's okay. We're in, hey, look, we're in control Doing here. it justice. This is our show. You know? We can do whatever we want, okay? No one is controlling us. <laughs> you uh, know, this is the third episode, and you've said that three times. Yep. Hey, because I believe it. That's why That's why I wanted to start this, because this is our thing. Any any followers that we have are going to be like, you know what? This is their show. It's my show. I don't care if you don't like Go away. I don't want you. <laughs> I'm always... Also, that's a reoccurring thing. Thing of me just being mean to anyone who's kind enough to listen. <laughs> um, so the first one, though, um, is ad hominem. Take us through that. I feel like I'm doing like all the heavy lifting. Uh, fine, I'll go. I'm trying to be a good, you know, co-host, not take up all the time talking. Fine, I'll talk. Um, it's an attack on a, on a character, and we see this all the time in politics constantly is you're attacking the character not the idea um is that there's because the, the character doesn't matter and i think this is actually an interesting thing like i'm just for the record i think i've said this before i'm non-partisan i don't care i've never voted before i don't care about politics talking about like being involved in politics like is so disastrous to my mental health so i don't even i'm not even involved i have no idea what's going on okay so I'll say that. So I'm not on any sides. I'm not on your side. I'm not against you. Um, is that that's a big thing when I'll when I'll um, whenever I've had the misfortune to talk about um, current policies, is that people will attack the president and be like, oh yeah, it's coming from him. Blah blah blah. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like I know that upsets you, but it literally doesn't matter who it's coming from. What matters is the thing itself, and you know, and that's a, that's why I don't watch like late night shows. It's because all it's become is it's all become ad hominem. It's all become, oh, it's this person, so we're going to make fun of them and say that the policy is bad. Um, I, I, there's not a single, I mean, I've watched, I, the only clips of late night shows that I watch now are ones where they're not, like, talking. Of where they're, like, of, like, Conan, you know, going around being a complete goofball around his office, you know? That's, like, the only stuff that I can watch. Because it's just so, so annoying. Let's do, uh... I have a simple example of an ad hominem that's kind of funny in my head, uh, just to like contextualize it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say hypothetically, you're out with a friend and you're drinking, and your friend is hammered. Yeah. And you tell your friend, "Hey, you know what? You should not drive home drunk. Right. This is dangerous." Yeah. And your friend responds, "You were homeschooled, weren't you?" That wasn't at all what I was expecting you to say. And then you're like, what? And they're like, yeah, you think it's bad to drive drunk. You must have been homeschooled. They put all these things in your head. Yeah. That's attacking the character. It's not attacking the argument. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And because it has no bearing. Like, I think that's something that, like, at least that's something I've seen. And that's why, like, I, I get very passionate about logical fallacies. Like, this is one thing that I forget that I get passionate about until we start talking about it. Um, cause I just get upset when people are dumb and stupid. Um, right. first I, and also I get mad at myself when I'm dumb and stupid too. So I'm t- like, I'll take it. <laughs> um, cause I use these all the time as well. And I, and I'll be, I'll not beat myself up. That's, that's a negative, but you know, I'll be like, Hey, don't do that. Um, but yeah, I see, I just, I think this is at least what I see is the most common, um, one in like, in the re- most, like the last, like, I want to say 10 years or so. It's just something I've seen all the time. It's just people attacking characters because they don't like them. And you're like, you know what? It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter. It literally... Uh, social media, that's yeah. what you see. Yeah. 
And Every time a YouTube comment area breaks down, it's ad hominem. Yeah. It's I don't <laughs> like you. Yep. And it becomes it's just such a childish thing too. Like I think that's like the best way to like actually like insult someone who's using ad, ad hominem. I'm like, oh wow, that's pretty childish, huh? Huh? You want you want, you know you want a cookie to make yourself you make you feel better, you know? Like you know like because that's what it is. Ad hominem is just. Do, do you realize childish. what you just did though? I broke. Yeah, I know. I attacked the person. <laughs> 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 like I said, I'm not I'm not innocent. But like but like I think like that's just like. That's the way I. That's the way I have to think about it, because otherwise I just get angry at the person, and then I because then it becomes ad hominem for myself. You know what I do makes me feel better in those situations. Turn if I can literally TV. just identify the fallacy and then define the fallacy for them. Yeah. Like I literally do that. That's ad hominem. It's an attack on character. Right. Uh, you clearly don't have anything to say about my actual statement, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Like. I feel better if I can just like throw some knowledge. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. But usually I'm just staring at a screen, being mad at someone. Uh, anyway, so. <laughs> Um, and then what, and then, oh, and then, and like a subset of this, uh, which we, uh, we're, we're, we're figuring out beforehand to quoque, which means you also, for some reason, um, we still have not figured out why, um, it is called that, but it's basically, it's attacking their character and more specifically saying, oh, you haven't acted consistently in the past, so you're wrong now. Um, which, I mean, I, I, I do see, but like, it's. And that's something that's interesting to me. Is it? Uh, let me know. This might be another actual fallacy later down the road um, that we have. But um, people's inability to think people change. Um, that's another thing. Is that mm-hmm. whether they're digging up old tweets or they're whole, or they or they have an idea of, of, of who a person is, and then the abil- inability to let someone change. Um, so I think you're kind of. I think this is actually a stronger uh, persuasive tool than most ad hominems. This is the kind okay, of thing. Okay, yeah. You're not saying you, it's right. right. You're saying it is like. When it, it's a stronger persuasive yeah, okay, tool. Yeah. So I think I think it's more dangerous. It is more dangerous. So, yes. So I totally agree. I, I think you're being a little lighthearted with it, and I want you to be more heavy handed. Oh, well, well, I mean, um, I will be. Okay, I'll be more heavy handed. I felt this personally. Like when I started when I started uh, my mental health um, organization is that mm-hmm. for a long time, I was the kid with all the problems. Um, and I didn't want to be seen as that anymore as I grew up, as a, you know, because I was 16 when I did that. And so now when I want to be seen as more of like a professional businessman, um, you know, I'm like, I, I want to change. Um, but people, like, I've seen firsthand with numbers, like with statistics of social media following, of website visits, all that kind of stuff, is that you see a drop off immediately when you don't conform to who they think you are. Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely like I've seen that firsthand of the danger to both sides um, of the of the argument. I, I don't know; it's not even an argument, but the person um, changing and the and the people viewing them um, is that it's damaging to both because it sticks people in a bubble, and which is bad for them. And for the other part. Um, they don't. They don't get to see the person grow. Then they just have their own ideas. Um, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's right. So this is one. This one shows up a lot in politics with the, um, like this person who's running for senator says this, but three years ago he did this. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you know, he he might have. Yeah. And he might legitimately mean what he's saying now. Right. Exactly. That, that that's the appeal to hypocrisy. That's the two quote. I don't two, even know how to say quote. it. You took Too okay. you took Spanish, did it? I know, and you know, I don't remember seeing QUs in Spanish ever. <laughs> what? Too okay. Is it Latin? I don't know. 
Uh-oh. I feel like if, if it's Latin, wrong? I would be more likely to say it. No, but it, it too... Oh, no. It, wait. No, it is... No, it is Latin. I'm... I, of course, it's wow. Latin. I so. knew... See, here's a thing. And this is... Okay. I don't... Is this a fallacy? I don't know. Bring it up. Anyway. Is that... I knew it was Latin because it's a logical fallacy. All, like, and they're and, all Latin. They're in Latin. <laughs> so I knew I could log- I could use... Um, what is it? Is it inductive reasoning to say most um, yeah. most things are in are in Latin? This is in a different language, so I could. It's probably Latin. It's probably Latin, but I saw the two, and I was like, no, but that's a Spanish word. Yeah, and that's why I was confused. And I was like, I know quoque because I've taken both Latin and Spanish. I took like I took three years of each, I think. Um, so I knew that that was a word I have learned. I couldn't remember from what, and I implanted a false memory of myself of me being in Spanish class saying quoque. That's what happened. And it, it looks and feels like a Spanish it's a, word. I mean, it's a romance language. Um, yeah. So it, it's derivative of Latin. Spanish is a derivative of Latin. Um, but that's interesting. Hey, look, see, we're, we're applying our own, our own lessons to our own lives. Look at that. You'll, you'll watch or us. Or not. We're for- failing to. Never mind. <laughs> and then we're analyzing you'll watch us we forget. <laughs> you'll watch us forget and lose this. And in the very next episode, we're going to have all the fallacies. Right. And- <laughs> I, and I think that's like, I mean, it's not, I want to say. You it's- know what would be so great? What? It would be so great if every single time one of us acts fallaciously, someone lets us know. Yeah. Well, like and right you can. In. So they're like, this is the fallacy. This is when it happened. You can email this- us at. Yeah. Um, I would love overthinking that. podcast show at gmail.com. You can do that. And you I can would, tell us I how would we're wrong. so appreciate that. And then we can read <laughs> your message and, and then you can berate us. And well, I mean, we'll berate each other by reading your message. Um, well, and then uh, Luke will probably tell you why you're wrong. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I, you're our audience and Luke hates I, our audience. <laughs> 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 Why is that? Okay, now you have now you've done two you've two coquade me now. <laughs> I love that as a verb. You've two coquade me. <laughs> it's not proper usage. I know it's not. That's why it's great. Uh, and it's not hypocrisy. You haven't changed. You admitted it in this episode. I changed now. Five minutes later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Why is that my thing now that I hate our audience? Is that my thing from now on? I'm stuck. I think that's up to you, man. You, you get a I mean, second every I kinda, second. I kind of kind of do hate them, but that's <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite. So this comes from, and this this is why this is like so funny to me. Is this comes from a podcast that I love? Is they're constantly telling people not to listen? Like this is garbage. We hate we hate this podcast. We hate everything. Why are you listening? Like there's two. And it just comes from that. It's just a constant thing. That, like it, it sounds genuine that they don't like the podcast themselves. They think it's awful, and they don't think anyone should ever listen to them. And of course, it's hilarious. And of course, you know we know they're joking. Um, but it just sounds so genuine that every time it gets me. Um, so that's where it's coming from. So I hope I sound genuine when I say that I <laughs> that I dislike all of you. I want all of you to stop listening because I don't think you're worthy of listening to us. <laughs> At this point, you're probably still the only one listening, Luke. Okay, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on. We spent a good 15 minutes on that. So <laughs> let's just – yeah, let's go through um, – and you know, if we don't make them all the way through the list, we'll bring it. We'll include it. We'll make it a little segment. You know, the fallacy of the day. You know, we can do things like that. 
That would have been cool. That would have been cool, but it's too late now. We've been recording right. for an hour. <laughs> right. No, we're not doing it now. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's great that we think of so many things while we're recording. Um, but straw man. That's why we're doing this episode anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's true we because thought we thought about recording. it while we're recording. And then we promptly forgot. And then we racked our brains for a few minutes. And then we remembered about this. So um, the next one on our list, though, is straw man argument. Um, I did a lot of the talking on the last one, so why don't you take it from here? I like the straw man argument, and by like it, I mean I use it a lot. Like I'm bad about this, yeah. um, because I, I use a I use a debate tactic of narration a lot, mm-hmm. and bad narration turns into straw man. Yep, um, and I do that, and so I'm, I'm a victim of this. A straw man argument is basically uh, misrepresenting your opponent's argument in a way that weakens it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then exploiting those weaknesses in your misrepresentation. Exactly. Uh, so moving around funding, you say, oh, you're tra- wait, the schools are losing some money. You hate children. He's a ch- child hater. Probably, he's probably murdered children. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, the, uh, should we raise minimum wage? Um, oh. Well, as an economist, I, I honestly don't think you should because economically speaking, it's usually not smart. I need to look at more information before I can say that strongly right. in any area. Right. Because that's well, not what I just said. Specialty. You would, right? What I just said, you would straw man me by going, "Oh, so you don't think people should be able to afford rent?" Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that, I mean, yeah, I, I think, and I, and I see that. I see that as a lot, a lot as well, um, because it's just so easy to do. Because in your mind, if you're against somebody, and they believe something different than you, it's so easy to have in your own mind, "Oh, this is like what they really mean." And so I'm just going to say it because that's what mm-hmm. I believe they really mean, um, even though it's maybe not a fact. Um, so that's why I think that's just why we see it so often is because it's so easy to project our own beliefs um, and make up like what we actually think they mean. Like right. people you may use words wrong. Like, they, might, they, may just, they may accidentally misrepresent themselves um, and it's easy to, put, to, to twist their words and then tell them what they're actually talking about. Um, like you see this in stand-up comedy all the time where someone will make a joke and they say, oh, you don't like this person or you believe this because you said this. Like, no, that's not – like, why you can't tell me what I mean. <laughs> I see, I've right. seen this so many comics say this. Like, you cannot tell me what I mean when I say something. Yes, yep. you, can, you, can, you can interpret it some way. That doesn't yep. mean that I'm at fault because you interpret yep. it differently. That's your problem. Okay, that's actually a different issue there. I would that's that's a episode I I would love to talk about. Um, oh boy, uh, who's who's at who's at fault for misunderstanding? Oh, um, that's actually interesting. I I've written blog posts on this, and okay, um, I care about that topic. But the leading up to that, I fully agreed with was um, uh, you can't tell me what I mean. Right, exactly. Uh, and so the way that I see that a lot, and what I do is uh, when examining text. And the way that people misinterpret text. Mm-hmm. And I, I use this phrase all the time. It cannot mean to you something that it never meant to the author. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, if it didn't mean that, yeah. it doesn't mean that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can interpret it that way, but that's your interpretation of what right. that, was meant. And that's not what he meant. And you shouldn't think that that's what he meant. Right. Like, um, mm. But, yeah, I see what you're saying with the straw man, how it can come from that, like... The, me filling gaps almost. Yeah. And I think the way that we defend against that is twofold. One is like being conscientious about the assumptions we're making. Yeah. 
But um, like like I did with you over a text when I asked you what you thought truth was, mm-hmm. and I didn't just go with that and then berate you on the show. <laughs> I asked a I that would have been hilarious. Question. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> that would have been really funny. <laughs> And then, and then I just take you down. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, exactly. I ask clarifying questions, yeah. right? You're being so you ask clarifying questions and you get a very strong understanding of their side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, and then you tear that down. Yeah. I mean, you, you're but being, you don't straw man it. Yeah. You're being a reasonable – I mean, that, to me, that's just like being a reasonable human being. They say, oh, what do you mean by that? Like, Yeah, but it's so unnatural. I, I hear people ask me really? that so rarely. Really? I ask comparatively all, to how often I say I it. That, I feel like I I say that too much. Like I, honestly, sometimes I won't say it because I'm like I'm constantly asking people to clarify. Um, like communication, like and I mean, I started as a public speaker, so right. for me, communication is everything, especially when talking about very um, dangerous topics, like very specific, meaningful topics. It's so important to clarify everything, um, right. to make sure you not only speak the right thing, but when you're having a conversation that you're understanding this person so that way you can help them. Um, right. And the issue with language is it's a bunch of agreed upon sounds that have right. agreed upon meanings. Right. But that's not really true. Yeah. Because what I mean by a word isn't necessarily what you mean by that it's word. It's like color. Right. We see different colors and that's, you know, right. different shades. I have no idea. I say I hate something. What does that actually mean? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know, like, do you... I feel like I've said that to you a bunch as well. Like I feel like I'm constantly saying that to you because when we're discussing ideas, and especially when we were discussing like business ideas and like and like um, we we're negotiating deals and all that kind of stuff with each other, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm constantly saying like, well, what is that? Partially because I'm more intuitive. Um, you're. I feel like you're a little more. Uh, what's the opposite of intuitive? Logical? Oh, are you like doing like the Myers Briggs? Right Not there? necessarily just Myers Briggs, but like the like personality wise, like I just I just like see something and then try to understand it rather than logic my way through understanding it, um, and it's usually worked for me. Um, I need to be better about. I don't know. I have no so idea. What's a, I have no idea what I'm even talking example. about uh, This is a great example because I was gonna ask you right there. What do you mean exactly? <laughs> I don't even know what I mean anymore. Anyway, let's let's move on. Um, we we've overthought this one. We're going to go on to appeal to we ignorance. Have, we've overthought this. Uh, it's not time to say that line yet. It's at the oh, end. I can say it whenever I want. It's my show. It's my show too. Yeah, so you can it's, say it too. It's if you a want. compromise. I don't want to say it yet though. I or okay. even though I already did. Okay, appeal to ignorance. Um, this is. I mean, I feel like I just I get the thing is I get ver- I get um. I get very talkative and worked up about these things because one of the most, one of the most, the, the most frustrating thing a human being can be to me is not necessarily be unintelligent or like, I don't want to use the word stupid because that it has different connotations. I don't, I don't care about someone's intelligence level, about their ability to comprehend information, and interpret it. That doesn't matter at all to me. What I matter is is how is people interpreting things wrongly and they don't care about understanding um, why or if it's wrong at all or or why it's or why it's wrong they just want they just want to hold that uh, belief um, like I know a lot of people um, like believe both like both in a religion or not in a religion based on bad beliefs or bad um, absolutely right and that to me is like I don't care what you believe like, I don't care if you believe in something or not I just don't I, I, I don't want you to believe in it for the wrong reason and I think that's well a- my thing on that is 
I want you to know why you believe that. Yeah. Well, I, and I want <laughs> that. And I want. Well, I, I want. I, I want you to know why you believe, and for and for you to understand if that belief, if that why, is is is, is um not necessarily even logical, but it make like it just it's strong. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Like there's. I fully agree. Yeah. I. I get really annoyed with the I was raised in this belief system explanation. Yeah. So I'm just gonna stay in it. I'm like, no, that's yeah. not at all. Like. That doesn't that doesn't matter. I don't I don't care what you raised. But anyway, so that's why if I'm talking a lot and being heated, that's why because like, it's the most <laughs> frustr- it is it's truly the thing that gets under my skin the most. Is when people just have bad beliefs for bad reasons. Well not even bad beliefs. They have beliefs for bad reasons and they don't care. Right. That's the thing that bugs me the most. Um yep. so this appeal to ignorance, that's what that's why it got me. So the next one is appeal to ignorance. Um and that you, I mean, as far as I understand, right, there's, I think there's several different ways. Like, I think I understand this a different way than how you have it written here. But um, I think appeal, at least appeal to ignorance for me, it's, it's a generalization of bad logic. Um, I think I'm interpreting that, the, the, the appeal, I'm appealing, I'm, uh, I'm interpreting that fallacy wrong. Um, but you have something written so here. You, so, um, each and every one of the fallacies we're talking about is a form of bad logic. I yes, I. Okay, <laughs> but yeah. So as far and that's why like I'm actually interested in this because as far as I've understood the appeal to ignorance, to me as far as I've understood this, has always been just a generalization of bad logic. Like if I'm talking about if I if someone mentions appeal to ignorance, I'm just like oh that just means bad logic. So that's why it's, it's actually interesting to me. So could you give me an example of what you would consider to be an appeal to ignorance? I don't know. Like when someone, let's say like, um, like if you listen to a flat earther talk, like that to me is like the ultimate appeal to ignorance. Um, conspiracy theories, you know, things that are like, yeah, and this and this and this. And like, to me, that's like the, um, it's, it's um, inferring things that aren't true and kind of like making up things that are true, you know? Okay. Um, that's kind of what's a... That's why I'm interested to learn the actual correct definition from you. Okay, I can I can give you the like classical definition classical, that comes yeah, out of I should say uh, comes out of like logic textbooks. Mm-hmm. Or I can start with my own interpretation. Start with your own. We don't care what okay. we don't care what textbooks say. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, to me, like the appeal to ignorance is the I don't know, so this. That's the appeal to ignorance structure. Oh, that's exactly what um, I'm... Yeah, that's what I meant. So we could have <laughs> saved about three minutes there of me trying to explain my me, and you could have just said your thing, and I would have been like, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I so did not get that from what you said. I, well, because I'm, I'm not... Like like I said, a lot of the stuff that I know is intuitive. That's why this podcast yeah. is so interesting to me, because I've never had to make definitions before. I mean, not... Okay, right. I want to say never had to make definitions, but that's not how I operate, you know? Got it. Um, and then I'm in a world where I'm constantly being asked to define my terms exactly. and I'm constantly asking others to, and uh, well, that's why, that our, sense. that's why our conversations are so interesting. I, I mean, uh, so the, the classical definition of an appeal to ignorance is the claim that your conclusion must be true because there is no evidence against yes. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this is one in the world that I'm in, um, Christians will get blamed yeah. of an appeal to ignorance and they call it the God of the gaps yep. argument. Yeah. Right. And inversely, atheists arguing against Christians use this all the time, and it usually goes unrecognized yeah. by saying there is no evidence that God exists. Right. 
Well, okay, if I accept that, that doesn't mean God doesn't exist. Right. That means we don't know. Well, yeah, that's Gnosticism. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, exactly. And uh, those are the two examples of appeal to ignorance that I see all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's just, uh, there's no evidence against my opinion, therefore my opinion's true. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, I don't, yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, I think the, the most common thing that, um, that I always hear is that, like, with um, the start of the universe— it's like, we don't know, like, what happened there, and so it must be God, right? I'm like, well, we don't know. Like, we don't know a lot of things. Like, we, we, know, we don't know so much more than we do know. Um, right. Let's not infer something we don't know. Um, so that's always been, like, my thing is that, like, if, if we find out something, cool, awesome. No problem with that. But in the meantime, like, why would we claim to know something that we don't, you know? Um, as far as when it comes to philosophy, like leaving the leaving actual, leaving theology out of this, just philosophy. Um, that's all, that's always been my mindset. Yeah, so definitely appeal to ignorance can be uh, annoying to argue with because um, I think a lot of times it's the person won't budge um, because I think your best bet is to try to make it evident to them with like a ridiculous example. Yeah, I guess that too. But right. the problem is, I th- I feel like. Usually, when someone has an appeal to ignorance, it's usually very—it's um, a very deep belief, and so it's beyond just logic. It's—it's—it's it's, right. it's more of an emotional tie. So that's—that's that's why I say like people usually won't budge, is because it's—it's—it's it's, it's so much greater um, than just like a, a conclusion. It's a—it's a deeply held set of belief. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I mean, moving right along, unless you have more, more to say about that. Um, I'm just, I mean, you gave a great example of a God of the gaps argument where I just said the umbrella of them. Right. Yeah. But there's, there's millions of them. Yeah. There's so many, like, we don't, I mean, (laughs) we could spend all day on that. Um, we could spend all day. We were just saying earlier, we could spend all day talking about anything. Um, doesn't necessarily mean to be interesting to all of you um, or be a good we conversation. Didn't we didn't enjoy it. Yeah. It's for us. This is for us. Remember, <laughs> uh, but moving on to a false dilemma, this is actually, yeah. yeah so it's either or basically this is yeah. it's black and white. Like that's, I put false dichotomy right underneath that. Right. Cause I like them. I, they're, they're so similar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, false dilemma is the notion. Um, you're either with me or you're against right. me. Right. Actually, I'm neutral. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a really, I think that's a pretty simple one to argue against because Mm -hmm. it's a hard one to recognize. Yes, but I think if you, nothing is black and white. So all you need to do is point at anything real and go, see? Like, see? (laughs) Like, look. Like, find me something that is a false, like, find me a dichotomy, uh, a dichotomy, you know? A dilemma. A dilemma, sorry, yeah. Like, find me something that is either or. Tell me. Um, you're either awake or you're not. You can be, you know, you can be, you can be in, um, in REM sleep, you know, or you could be, or you could be, um, in, um, uh, what you would call it. What's the, the, um, I'm trying to remember from, from psychology, the stages of sleep, like in this. Oh, I can tell you the stages of sleep, oh, but it doesn't matter. They're all sleep. <laughs> I know, but you're, and I didn't say you're either awake or you're asleep. I said you're either awake or you're not. Oh, you did? So you could also be dead. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Right? I guess, I uh, guess, I guess technically, I mean, no, there's, there's an infinite number of them. Yeah. They're not very interesting usually. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's always room to argue with that too, because you could say, oh, you're awake, but I'm so tired and my mind is so 
groggy that I can't even I can't operate. So I'm not functionally awake. I may be technically awake, but I can't actually do anything. You know, things. You know, something like that. You know, you know, you know. There's there's always there's always gray. You know. Uh, but the hard one there isn't really, and I agree with you. It, it's not hard to disprove a false dilemma. It's hard to recognize one in a conversation, right? Really? Like, uh, it's so easy for those to go like completely unaddressed when people use them. Maybe that's just a testament to that they do go unaddressed. Because now I'm trying to think of one in a recent conversation. <laughs> there isn't, huh? Maybe I'll I'll be on the lookout. That's hey, that's that's today's uh. Uh, call to action is look out for false dilemmas in your conversations. Yeah. Look at that. So then uh, in conjunction with that, a false dichotomy is when it, it's like the law of the excluded middle. It's e- false dichotomy. Right. Um, whatever list you've given of possibilities is not exhaustive. Oh, okay. So it's not black or white, but it's a multiple choice. Right. It's not so true de- or false. Technically, it's dichotomy means two. And false dichotomy is how I learned false dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's this expansion of it of, um, let's say, you are either a Republican, Republican, a Democrat, or Green Party. Right. There's three options, but I'm none of them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. And then any larger list can go on forever, right? right? But there's always it's just some... you didn't give me an exhaustive list. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's, and that's, I think that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty simple to understand, too. Um, slippery Slope is one of my favorites. Because I think, if I'm remembering this right, this was over a decade ago that I read the series of unfortunate events. But for okay. some reason, have you read it? Have you read the series? No. Okay, <laughs> I I love it. It's one of my favorites because it's just so it's it's pure unadulterated chaos, and I love every single second of it. Um, but for some reason, whenever I think of the slippery slope fallacy, I think of that book and of them going towards a literal slippery slope. And it's used as like, as an example of the because of the fallacy. Like, it has something to do with the fallacy. Anybody who's read okay. it more recently can maybe correct me if that's a false memory. Um, but for some reason, that's the thing that I always have in mind is that book series and them going to a literally literal slippery slope because of a fallacy. So, <laughs> with that little <laughs> that little story going out of the way. <laughs> You know what I appreciate about you? You can talk about a topic for so long before you talk about it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're like, nobody has any idea what I'm talking about, but we've been talking for 20 minutes. So. It makes What's sense a slippery slope fallacy, Luke? And the slippery slope fallacy is, is saying, well, oh, if you do this and this will happen, and this will happen, and this will happen, and this will happen, and then all of a sudden all the children end up dead, you know? Like, it's, it's something, it's a, it's a really annoying thing because... It's hard. I mean, at least when I try to contradict that, it, it becomes trying to contradict every single point of that slippery slope. Um, mm. And, you know, as, as you have a note there, I think, that you want to mention. I do, but I'm not going to interrupt you. Well, you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I did it. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's, um, that's usually, I mean, if, it, if you can cut it off at the head of, like, the first one, but the problem is it's so gradual that it's hard to just go to the first one and say, like, well, let's say if I want to do this. And someone argues, well, then this – if I want to do um, A and then B and C and D and E and F will happen, it's hard to go right to B and say, no, you're wrong because it's such a – it's so gradual um, of a difference between A and B and that it's, it's, it be, takes forever to argue. 
And then so what most people do, what I see is I and myself go all the way over to Z and start there and say, well, obviously this is wrong. And then moving your way up. Am I completely so, off base and wrong? Is my life a movie? Like, tell me. <laughs> um, I'm slowly I, losing it. <laughs> there's, there's a few ways to deal with the slippery slope. First off, the slippery slope, like what you just described, which is also how I would generally describe slippery slope is... Well, this, then this, then this, then this, right. and then everybody dies. Um, that's not a fallacy if it's deductive. That's if these things literally a... follow by necessity, it's not a fallacy. That's actually an interesting point, yeah. Um, so that's just like one caveat I want to make. Like sometimes this works. Yeah. So the question should really be on each step, will that necessarily happen? Yeah. Does that have to happen? Yeah. Right. So... If you can find a counterexample between any one step, you've disproven the chain. Mm -hmm. um, my question for you that I want to throw back at you. Um, do you think when you see a slippery slope fallacy, just talking about the A and the Z back to them would be strawmanning it? That's actually that's actually so I was I was thinking about like what fallacy it would be if I just went from A to Z. Um, and maybe. I mean the problem the problem with this is that if they are using a fallacy, then they're using it incorrectly, so their logic is wrong. So I don't think it would be incorrect to say to it's it, it has, and that's an interesting problem. It really is. I that don't, logic doesn't fit back logic though. It doesn't. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. I'm glad you understood me. <laughs> I understood. <laughs> bad I, logic yeah. doesn't fix bad. Yeah. Logic. No. Yeah. I, I understood what you're saying. Um, I just realized like it's that's that's a problem when. You understand someone you realize no one else probably did. Um, <laughs> I feel like that happens to me all the time because one person might understand me. Um, that's actually interesting. I don't know. Well, then my pushback would be I don't think it's a straw man because I think when they use the slippery slope fallacy, that truly is their claim. That A leads to Z. That's the point. Yeah, but I think on the argument side, looking from the other person's side, is that they don't see it as that. They don't see that A right. equals Z. They see that A equals B. A leads to B, which equals C, which blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. So I don't think it would be an effective argument. I mean, depend of course, it depends on the nature of the argument and how far that slope goes. Um, but you, I'm, I'm trying to think of like debates that I, I – and like different conversations – um, that I've that I've witnessed okay. using. Okay, I was this. gonna say if you're talking f like anything formal, I don't think I've ever seen a slippery slope. No, not nothing formal. formal sorry, debate. not nothing like not a formal debate, but um, just you know people on radio shows calling you to talk about things, you know things like that. Mm -hmm. um, the most likely thing place yeah. you're gonna see a slippery slope is probably in marketing. Well, yeah. So you spoiled. I mean, I guess we don't have time. You spoiled part of my surprise, um, <laughs> which is logical fallacies in advertising, and that is one of them. Is saying yeah. that oh wow you don't like you don't smell your absolute best so you're gonna run into this car and then you're gonna end up in the hospital and then the love of your life will be there and you'll miss her because you know like you you didn't you weren't wearing the right deodorant here wear axe you know <laughs> like no that's like that is that is like so many commercials no you're not making that I'm up. not that's making, a literal commercial that's a literal like, so many commercials just like that um, it's a series it's literally a series of unfortunate events um, that you happens. know. The most upsetting thing to me about this fallacy, like I said, you're probably going to see it in marketing more than you're going to see it in conversations. In high school honors English, mm -hmm. I was taught to use this fallacy, but they told me that it was the 
argumentative strategy called a causational chain. They rebranded a subversive yes. fallacy. Yes. And so I was taught to do this on purpose. Wow. <laughs> I mean, cause it, it's, because it is effective. Like, that's what I was trying to get at, is that it's hard to argue against because there's so many points and claims. Mm-hmm. And you have to argue against every single one of them. Um, that's why, like, I, I really just, like, I wouldn't say hate because that's, it's, a, it's a strong word. That should be left for certain And we things. don't know what it means. That too. <laughs> but I really dislike when people make absurd claims that take so much to refute to the point of where all of a sudden you're the bad guy and there's so much and it's everything's on you and then they've left and they're, they've moved on, you know, and then you're stuck Ooh. there trying to refute things. That was, um, is that a hasty generalization? No, we already talked about something at one point. I don't remember which fallacy it was. I think we already. We got only to went it. through like three. <laughs> we have been. We have not been moving fast through these. Oh, it's 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 appeal to ignorance. But you oh. just you just labeled it again. There's there's a trend in fallacies when people use fallacies, mm-hmm. and that they use them to kind of disguise the fact that they shift burden of proof. So yes. If I make a positive claim. Mm-hmm. I am required to defend that claim. Right. That's what burden of proof means, right. right? So technically it's your burden of it's your level of burden that I have to support. Mm-hmm. So I say, God created the universe. Right. And you now need me to prove that. Exactly. Some people, I can prove that by saying, Well, look at the sky, look at the earth, look at the ground, where'd it come from? Some people, we need to get into a discussion about like the Kalam cosmological argument. Right. We gotta dig deep, we gotta get our teeth. Um, and it depends. But I'm responsible for proving exactly. the claim that I made. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And these fallacies abandon that. With the uh, like the appeal to ignorance is there's no proof against it, therefore it's true. No, you have to prove it's true. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, At the slippery slope, you have to prove each and every step, but you haven't proven any mm-hmm. of them. And that's why I think that um, it's so pre- like it, I want to say I hate the word, ignorant ideas have been taken been so politicized, but it's truly like when it like what I mean by ignorant is that argument like beliefs and decisions that haven't been made not on logic but just either on some deeply held belief or some emotion. Um, right. Those those I mean, um, though I I mean I those people tend to be the loudest online because. Everyone else that tries to dis- – it's so much to disprove these people that it's – that most people don't even bother. It's like, wow, you know, that's, that's, what, that's why the um, – I see so many people like, oh, yeah, those crazies online where they don't really do anything about it because, number one, that we might not be able to disprove them. We don't have the information um, or it's just so much that people just don't bother. Um, right. It's kind of, it's, it's just kind of like um, giving up about it. And that's what bothers me about um, – specifically about um, decisions not made um, logically um, is that you're, you're saying, oh, here, you tell me I'm wrong. Give me a huge list of things why. And when you do that, I'm going to pick one of those and I'm going to say, no, actually, no, this isn't. And then you're going to ignore everything else. So, well, and even just that on, original I'm on, statement, I'm on Twitter tell me why I'm much. wrong. <laughs> just that original statement, tell me why I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Actually, you have the responsibility to yeah. tell me why you're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or you, we can end the conversation here. Just know that the burden of proof was on yeah. you. <laughs> For some reason, though, and even like even I'll admit it, like myself, is that oftentimes I don't know who the burden of proof is on. 
And so in different... Oh, it's an easy test. Okay. It's it's an easy test. Who made the claim? Now, if you both made a strong claim, you both have burden of proof. So if I make the strong claim that tacos are the best food in the world, Mm -hmm. and you say, no, they're not. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Technically... If you get really technical and specific, saying no, they're not is a positive claim. So let's exactly. fix that. Exactly. That, that's that's say, why. Let's say instead you say, I don't believe you. Yeah. Tell me why. Yeah. Right? I have burden of proof. Mm-hmm. If instead I say tacos are the best food in the world and your response is hamburgers are the best food in the world. Then we Now both. we both have burden exactly. of proof. And I think right. that's usually what happens is that usually it's up to mm-hmm. both people. But from what I – I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm pretty – active on part of it because it's my business part of it because right i i i you're i'm at, you're in your 20s i'm, I, I'm an introvert <laughs> um and i don't right. i don't have a lot of real friends uh which i'm fine with um but i was about to make some sad joke and i don't want people to misunderstand uh so <laughs> <laughs> but like it truly like it's so i'm very like i love seeing how people interact and I have the ability to do that through different platforms online. Um, and I'm kind of like, I'm starting to lean more towards trying to uh, view people not through those platforms still in, in, instead in real life. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's, I think, I think it's not an accurate way to view discussion. Um, that's part of No, there's, yeah. there's something about the separation. Yeah, that makes people say things they would never say yeah. and act in ways they would well, never. Well, true. Act. I mean, there's and it's just yeah. there's so many. Uh, my favorite kind of video is where someone will say something online to someone, and then they'll go, "Okay, it's like I know where you work. Like you have on your bio, like where you work and stuff. So I'm just gonna go to you and I'm gonna say, "Hey, you said this to me. Like I don't appreciate that." And the person completely backs down every single time, or just walks away and tries to avoid them. It's like yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't know if that's so much a fallacy as it is just human behavior. Um, no, it's definitely not right to call that a fallacy, but there's definitely something weird going yeah. on there. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, though moving, I mean, we're 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 uh, we're coming towards our mark. I mean, we don't have a hard mark of when to end. We're there's no way we're gonna get through this whole list. Um, no, in, I didn't think that when I first saw the list. I <laughs> had a hope and a dream. <laughs> I'm I'm I am um, fallibly optimistic. I will say that. So let's do so let's do this. Let's kind of look through the list and let's skip anything yeah. that we don't want to talk about. Oh, so this uh, is my f- this is my favorite. Wait, we didn't. Wait, it's not on the list. I don't think my favorite. Oh no, here it is. Here it is. Okay, so I'll go with my favorite. You can end. We'll end on like some hard like truth and logic, um, so we don't end on me rambling because you can just cut me off. Um, my favorite one is appeal to authority, because I. Never have never understood this. There is no person I look up to enough to believe what they say just because they said it. And so this always has really interested in me and in understanding why people act that way. Um, like for example, there's um there's this ad right now that's running on Amazon Prime, and because I, it's it's a long story. It doesn't matter, but there's this one ad. Um, where Shaquille O'Neal is in this ad, he does not say a thing. He's standing there. And he's just standing there in the ad, other people talk. And that fascinated me. 
because they don't even need him to endorse the product. They just need him to stand there while other people talk about the product. Literally doesn't say a word. He just no movements, nothing. Standing there looking around. And that and that like that isn't that that yeah exactly and it, and every time I see it I'm more and more fascinated by it because it's so dumb <laughs> it's like you paid millions upon millions of dollars for him to stand there because you know people will buy the product because he's standing there next to it and that was like the most unadulterated form of appeal to authority not like no words no actions nothing. Just a face. So, what is an appeal to authority? <laughs> Devin, I'm hopeless. Help me. <laughs> Not to ruin your great story, but... Here's the thing, is that I was looking at your face. I knew you wanted to say something, but I had no idea what it was. I'm like, this is weird. Devin wants to say something. I wonder what it is. <laughs> I think I kind of I alluded to what it was. You alluded to it. I think most it. people know what it is. Um, but it's when a person's or a group makes a claim, and therefore that claim is true. Um, right. You see these gurus online saying that, you do this, you will lose weight. You will be successful. Wim Hof, we talked about him last week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right? Except, well, I mean, he had he had a science to back up his. He life. does, but at the same time, we could very easily use him and be like, Wim Hof says we should be cold, right. so we should be. Yeah, cold. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, I would <laughs> never believe it without the studies. Like all, like so, like yeah, so like all, all these, you know, whether it's gurus or whatever, like, um, right. or oh, groups, groups, um, like advocating for candidates or policy changes or stuff like that. Actors, oh, by the way, I think this actually relates to it. Um, one of my favorite things that happened this week was uh, Richie, Ricky Gervais. Oh, I can't even say his name, excuse me. Rick, Ricky Gervais, that's how you say it. Um, speech at the Golden Globes. I think it was the Golden Globes, some award, some stupid award show. Did you, I mean, it was. Uh, of course not. <laughs> I'll send, I'll send it to you. Oh, it was it was fire. It was passion. It was great. But it's basically all around like stop making political statements. No one cares what you have to say, and you have no and you have no idea about what you're actually saying. So he's like, just come up here, get an award that you're like so privileged, you know, to get, and then just get down and just shut up. Basically, was his thing. Um, and I think that's kind of that's that's the, like the opposite, right? It, it, that's that's basically him saying. Um, people shouldn't listen to you. Like people shouldn't see you as an authority uh, when it comes to things that you know nothing about that you're not experts in. You can act, just act. That's it. Right. The favorite one that I see a lot right now is using Bill Nye's. Uh, like yeah. Bill I'll, Nye, the Science Guy. He he's a kids show. He's not an expert on global warming. He's not an expert on a lot of yeah. things. He is an expert on some. He's technically things. a scientist, but he's an engineer. But he's right? not an ex. Right, he's not an expert on all things that might relate to science. Right. The way he, they use it. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. And then he got to. Have you, he gets upset when people say he's not an expert on X, Y, and Z. I'm like, but you're not. Like, you might have people writing for you that are. But if that's right. the case, say that. Like, you're not. You're not saying that. You're getting upset and saying no. Like, you're just mad because you don't want this to be true. I'm like, 
Right. And he, to be also, completely fair, I actually really like Bill Oh, Nye. really? I don't. I, don't. I really like Bill Nye. I grew up with oh, him, see, and I, I learned I a lot it. from I him. I didn't. So, but he's not an expert in everything science. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's not a science guy. He's a trained engineer, and that's awesome. Like, if you want to talk... I think, if I'm getting it wrong, I'm getting it wrong. But as far as I know, like... And that's, and that's something I think... Um, uh, to, uh, to, to kind of end before I get and this and that's why I say this is my favorite I mean that this is one that I'm constantly just like mentally screaming at people um, be like stop listening to these people um, is well, I don't even know what I was going to say I'm done uh, <laughs> go ahead Devin <laughs> my mind my mind is slowly melting um, so just, so alright I'm good you good? I'm good. It's been a it's been a, it's been a long week, dude. It's, it's been it's been a long week. <laughs> um, you, uh, I, I think it's funny that you picked appeal to authority. So that's your favorite. Um, I said earlier that this straw man's my favorite, as in I use it a lot. Right. Um, my favorite fallacy to talk about is actually some yep, fallacy. That was my second. Um, and it's it's probably because. I don't think I fall victim to it often because when I do, I become very self-aware that that's happening. Um, but it's something that I see in everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. Sunk cost fallacy is the, it's the fallacy that an investment justifies further investments. Yeah. Um, so I've already put this much money into it. I can't quit now. I've already put this much time into it. Um, I've been dating her for three years. Right, yeah. Um, if it wasn't worth the initial investment, it's definitely not worth more. Yep. <laughs> I see this all the time in relationships. That's the biggest, right. that's the biggest thing yeah. I see. Although I want to counter you on that. Because I think there's a, different, there's a different thing to make when it comes to investments is that it might, it might actually, if you put an investment in, let's say like um, – if, if, there's a, if there's a chance involved, so there's like a certain chance of something, right? You may not know the exact number, but you know like there's a certain chance of if I do this enough times and this will happen. And you put it in for, um, let's say, that amount of times. Let's say it's 101. 101 that I do this and I get this result, whether it's a like, slot machine or whether it's a game or like whatever it is, right? Or, or even just um, going on dates, you know? Like, it's statistically proven that in about one in a hundred dates, I'll find someone who I actually get along really well with as a potential match, right? Let's take that, because it's a real-world example. If you go on a hundred dates and you don't find someone, wouldn't that, be, um, wouldn't, wouldn't that be proof that, oh, if I go on a few more, I'm more likely? Like, I'm almost there. So, no. So, 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 no. Um. <laughs> So, uh, for, like, at first you were talking about this. I'm like, okay, so what you're talking about is expected value. Exactly. That's the term, right? Yeah. It's expected value. What's, what am I going to get out of this? Um, expected value is a very accurate way to justify investments. Right. That's not what the sunk cost fallacy does. Right. The sunk cost fallacy is not it, – it's not taking into account other factors. It's I've put this much in. Okay. I can't quit okay. now. Yeah, that, that okay. is different. Yeah. No. Right. So then – you ended on such a weak note that I, I had I to know I, I know I did. I felt I heard, I heard it coming out, but I couldn't stop. So you, you ended with the law of large numbers, which is a fallacy. Oh, the law of large <laughs> numbers. That's what it is. I knew I uh, knew I, I, I knew I've, I've heard that. Like, I, as I was saying, I was like, this sounds familiar. And I don't remember why. I don't remember because it was a good so, thing or a bad thing. <laughs> it, it's, it's something that's taught to salesmen, but it's, it's, it's a fallacy. Yeah. It's wrong. 
Um, so right. the example I use is if I am flipping a coin, mm-hmm. there's a 50% chance that I get ahead. Right. Right? It's 50% chance that I get a tail. Okay. If I flipped a coin uh, yeah. eight times I know where you're, and it was head every time, what what's the odds that the next one's a tail? I know where you're exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, 50, 50. it's still 50%, I know. right? Darn it. The way that it is accurate is at the beginning. Yeah. What are the odds that I get ahead five times in a row? Very, very small. Yeah. But every single time, my odds of the next one being ahead is the same. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it. I do see. I, that's, the, that's the problem. <laughs> is that the, And that's why, like... I have found it important. That's, I mean, that's also like part of the reason why I want to do this podcast um, when you pitched it to me is because I realized that I do need more, um, I want to say definitions in my life, but I need, I need more like hard fact and I need to be able to, to put situations to names and understand them in that way rather than just feeling the situation and seeing it and feeling if it's right or wrong based on my intuition. Um, so yeah, so yeah, that that that's exactly exactly the mistake I made, and I knew I, I was either doing something really good or really bad as I was saying <laughs> it, but I couldn't remember what it was. All I knew is that I've heard the situation before, and someone talked about it in regards to fallacies. <laughs> I remember someone talking about this as way of bad thinking. Maybe I can use it. <laughs> well, I didn't remember if it was good or bad thinking because, like, I didn't know if someone was explaining this fallacy and then using that as saying, oh, no, actually, this is different than the fallacy, which technically it is because it is a different fallacy than sunk cost. It is. It's law of large And numbers. then your original, your original point wasn't uh, fallacious at all. Right. The, the starting point of weighted value or weighted mean weighted, yeah. to find expected value, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, expected value. You should have stopped there. <laughs> yeah, you should have stopped there. If you, if you would have stopped there, it would have been like, that's a great way to assess investments, and that's ah, not yeah. the sunk cost fallacy. Oh. <laughs> Next time, I'll just stop myself halfway halfway through where I think I should stop. <laughs> just stop halfway, yeah. and you're like, am I good? And I'm like, I don't know. Finish your sentence. Like, no, <laughs> and I'll be wrong. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, yeah, sunk cost. And that's. In- so I. Oh, oh go ahead. I was going to say, I, I'm not sure what you think, but I, I feel pretty good about ending on a note where I just, like, tore you down. I'm going like, to cut this out, though, remember? <laughs> All the good stuff you say is cut out. <laughs> All the good stuff I say is kept in. I, this is just the propaganda media for you. Like, Yeah. It's funny, though, is that when I see people who are in a video with other people and they edit it, I'm always looking out for the parts that make them look so good versus everybody else. And it almost always happens because I think it's, it's very, it's very subconscious that you like see something you do and you're like, ah, that's not good. And you cut it out where someone else does something not so good. You're like, oh, that might be like funny or something like that. Right. Um, I, or it's just not bad. Exactly. Or it's not right? just, yeah, exactly. Um, which always makes me laugh. I'm like, ah, I can tell he edited it. Um, do you do that too though? Um, I have caught myself wanting to do that. And then I like, and I'm like, wait, why do I want to cut this out where I didn't cut this out? So I think I'm pretty good. Also, I don't edit a lot of videos with just me and someone else podcast. When I'm with someone else, it's so long. I'm not cutting out individual things that people said, unless maybe it was like, unless it was terrible or like, like we have to cut this because this is just wrong and confusing. Um, so yeah, so that's as nothing. Or they get really upset and they're like, "No, you need to remove." Yeah, that. that's. I mean, thankfully it's never happened because I choose my guests wisely, uh, most of the time. A couple of times I've made mistakes, but you know, we we move on. I feel like I would be the one who'd be like, "No, don't don't put that up." Yeah, I think you. Well, I think because we have a relationship, 
Like, you would be like, hey, by the way, what do you think about this? And then we could actually talk about, like... Well, not at this point in my life, but the first times I was on your shows, I could see my... Me back then being like, hey, uh, remove that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I could... Yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. Um, but, yeah, and I... Th- growth. Yeah, growth. But, anyway, I think that is, a, that is a, a relatively good place to end it. I think, overall, the message is... If you make, if you have an, if you have a belief or an idea, question why. If you can't come up with a good, um, good argument to why, then either try to find one. Um, and also, I would, and this is actually something that's made me question, like um, a lot of the stuff, because I grew up like in a very um, like uh, one belief centric on everything, right? Not just religion. Um, mm-hmm. And one thing that I'm, I've that's really um, helped me just think critically is looking for arguments for what I believe, and then at the and then right after or like or inversely looking for an argument against that, like against what that person yep. just said, and then comparing them and saying, okay, wait, is does this come to a conclusion? Do I need to learn more from that? And then taking like, oh, this specific argument they made against them, this person didn't answer it. Is there someone who can answer this? And if I can't find someone who can answer it and I can't answer it, then I go, well, I have no reason to actually believe this then. Or I have reason to believe this that I didn't believe. Per- like, you know, like, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I had somebody ask me last night, um, do you, are, are there ever things that you want to believe but that you cannot support? Like the evidence doesn't support? Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. All the time. And my response to that is to be as intellectually honest as possible, look at it objectively, and try to find evidence. But if I know I have a bias, yeah. I want to believe something, then my first step is actually trying to disprove it. Yeah. When I start studying something that I know I want to be one way, yep. I try to prove that it's the other yeah, It's way. a difference between Googling uh, why do vaccines cause autism versus do vaccines cause autism. <laughs> <laughs> or why don't they right. you know? Uh, that's just, I was it's it was, it was in a video I was watching earlier today. It's funny. It, it's it's in the context <laughs> of the video. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but uh, yeah, but I think that's like that, and that's yeah. One thing I I'm constantly catching myself being like, why do I think that? Oh hey, by the way, Luke. Fun fact: I just introduced the false dilemma, and you didn't notice it. What? Wait, what? What was it? <laughs> Um, I said when I'm trying to find things that I believe. Oh no! I try to. <laughs> Why do you do this to me, Devin? Because I told you you never noticed it's them, true, and you're like, it is... exactly. Well, that's why I was saying it was like I don't remember a situation where that has happened. So obviously, it's missed. Like I've missed it. Yep. Because um, there's no way that I've never had a false dilemma pushed on me and by somebody. That's actually interesting. So because it might not yep. be. It might, it's not, maybe not true or false. It might be something entirely else. Right. It's not necessarily black and white, right? <sighs> okay, fine. I'll take the L. I'll take it. I'll take it. We'll end there. We'll end there.